Hi everyone, welcome back to the MetaBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of transient ischemic attack found under the neurology section at metabullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A 55-year-old woman presents to the emergency department after developing slurred speech approximately two hours ago. Once she arrived, her symptoms gradually resolved. CT of the head without contrast and CT angiography was unremarkable. MRI of the brain with diffusion-weighted sequences does not provide evidence of ischemia. An electrocardiogram demonstrates an irregularly irregular rhythm with absence of P waves, concerning for atrial fibrillation. She was admitted for an expedited workup, which demonstrated left atrial dilation on transesophageal echocardiography. Let's continue with an introduction to transient ischemic attack. Clinically, it is defined as a transient focal neurological deficit without acute infarction. Risk factors include hypertension, hyperlipidemia, cigarette smoking, cardiac arrhythmias, metabolic conditions such as metabolic syndrome and diabetes, and chronic kidney disease. In terms of the etiology, it may be cryptogenic, which means there is no clear source, or it may be due to atheroemboli, vertebral artery stenosis, cardiogenic emboli, as seen in cases of arrhythmias, or hypercoagulable hyperviscous states such as leukemia and sickle cell disease. Moving on to the presentation, symptoms and physical exam findings will depend on the location where the transient ischemic attack occurred. For example, amaurosis fugax may develop when the ophthalmic artery is involved. In terms of further imaging, MRI of the brain is indicated as the preferred imaging modality in patients with a suspected TIA, and one should obtain it with diffusion-weighted images. Intracranial non-invasive vessel imaging is indicated to help in determining the cause of the TIA, Specific modalities include MR or CT angiography, carotid ultrasound, or transcranial Doppler. In terms of further studies, an electrocardiogram may help to identify new arrhythmias. And with regards to the differential, make sure to think about acute ischemic stroke, with differentiating factors being that there will be evidence of infarction present on MRI. In terms of treatment, medical options include statin, which is indicated as secondary stroke prevention. Other options include antihypertensive treatment, which is indicated as secondary stroke prevention in patients who are hypertensive. Another option is antiplatelet treatment. This is indicated as secondary stroke prevention in patients with a non-cardioembolic TIA or stroke. Also remember that aspirin should be given immediately once a bleed has been ruled out. Another medical option is anticoagulation treatment. This is indicated as secondary stroke prevention in patients with cardioembolic TIA or stroke. Operative options include carotid endarterectomy. This is indicated in cases of TIA caused by cervical internal carotid artery stenosis between 50 to 99% who have a life expectancy of at least 5 years. Complications related to TIAs include acute ischemic stroke. And lastly, with regards to prognosis, remember that this can be determined with the ABCD score, which is a risk assessment tool that determines the risk of a stroke shortly after a transient ischemic attack. Remember that the higher the score, the higher the risk of developing a stroke. Also remember that patients are at high risk for recurrent TIAs and developing stroke. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to transient ischemic attack, let's walk through some questions to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For the first question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 65-year-old man presents to the emergency department for a loss of vision. He was outside gardening when he suddenly lost vision in his right eye. He then immediately called emergency medical services, but by the time they arrived, the episode had resolved. 
Currently, he states that he feels fine. The patient has a past medical history of diabetes and hypertension. His current medications include lisinopril, atorvastatin, metformin, and insulin. His temperature is 99.5 degrees Fahrenheit or 37.5 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 140 over 95. Pulse is 90 beats per minute. Respirations are 12 breaths per minute. And oxygen saturation is 98% on room air. Cardiac exam is notable for a systolic murmur along the right sternal border that radiates to the carotids. Pulmonary exam reveals mild bibasilar crackles. Neurological exam reveals cranial nerves 2 through 12 as grossly intact with 5 out of 5 strength and normal sensation in the upper and lower extremities. The patient has a negative Romberg's maneuver and his gait is stable. A CT scan of the head demonstrates mild cerebral atrophy but no other findings. Which of the following is the best next step in management? And the answer choices are Choice 1. Tissue plasminogen activator Choice 2. MRV Choice 3. Heparin bridge to warfarin Choice 4. Ultrasound of the carotids Or choice 5. No further management necessary The best answer to this question is Choice 4. Ultrasound of the carotids This patient is presenting with a transient ischemic attack that has resolved after the acute episode, the best next step in management is an ultrasound of the carotids. Amaurosis fugax, which is a type of transient ischemic attack, presents with a sudden, painless loss of vision from a dislodged emboli. By the time these patients present, they often are asymptomatic and the episode is resolved. These patients should still receive a head CT and MRI to rule out any other abnormalities. After the acute episode, the next step in management is to perform an ultrasound of the carotids, or a CTA or MRA, to search for plaques, since many emboli can originate at the bifurcation of the carotid. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Tissue plasminogen activator is appropriate management for an acute ischemic, non-hemorrhagic stroke in a patient without any contraindications. It is not indicated for a patient who presents with the resolved TIA. Choice 2. MRV of the head is not the appropriate study as it is indicated for imaging the veins of the brain. An MRI of the brain and an MRA of the neck would be preferred imaging for this patient. Choice 3. Heparin does not have strong evidence that is helpful for acute episodes of stroke or TIA. Aspirin could be given as a prophylactic measure. Choice 5. No further management necessary is inappropriate as a potential source for this patient's presentation should be investigated. Finally, a bullet summary. The next step in management of amaurosis fugax after the acute episode is ultrasound of the neck to search for carotid plaques. For the second question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 75-year-old woman presents to the emergency department with 30 minutes of slurred speech and arm weakness. On the drive over to the hospital, her symptoms have resolved completely. The patient has a past medical history of hypertension, atrial fibrillation, diabetes, morbid obesity, gout, and vascular claudication. Her temperature is 99.0 degrees Fahrenheit or 37.2 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 184 over 111. Pulse is 88 beats per minute. Respirations are 15 breaths per minute and oxygen saturation is 98% on room air. Physical exam reveals cranial nerves 2 through 12 as grossly intact with normal strength and sensation in the patient's upper and lower extremities. The patient's memory is intact and her speech seems normal and fluent. Her gait is stable with no ataxia. An initial head of the CT demonstrates diffuse atrophy, which is consistent with previous head CT scans. Which of the following is the best next step in management? And the answer choices are Choice 1. Alteplase 
Choice 2, CT angiogram. Choice 3, echocardiogram. Choice 4, heparin. Or choice 5, telemetry. The best answer to this question is choice 2, CT angiogram. This patient is presenting with sudden onset neurologic symptoms, which include weakness and dysarthria, which have completely resolved upon initial presentation, suggesting a diagnosis of transient ischemic attack. After a CT is normal, a CT angiogram is indicated to further characterize the vessels in the brain. A TIA is defined as a transient episode of neurologic dysfunction that has resolved upon presentation. Patients must be carefully assessed for the onset of their symptoms when they resolve and any risk factors they have. Subsequently, a thorough neurological exam in an NIH stroke scale should be calculated. If the patient's symptoms have resolved and an initial CT scan of the head is normal, the next best step in management is a CT angiogram to further characterize the vessels in the brain in greater detail to rule out any vascular pathology missed on the CT scan. Other steps in workup include obtaining an ECG, troponin, serum or urine toxicology, and blood lipid levels for further care and risk stratification. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Alteplase would be indicated in a patient having an acute stroke with persistent neurologic symptoms in contrast to a TIA with a head CT that does not demonstrate an acute bleed. It would not be indicated in this patient with an NIH stroke scale score of 0. Choice 3. Echocardiogram and an ultrasound with Doppler of the carotids is an important part of the workup for this patient after a CT angiogram has been performed. Choice 4. Heparin would be indicated for a pulmonary embolism or a DVT, but it is not indicated in the management of a TIA. Choice 5. Telemetry or continuous monitoring of the heart rhythm is appropriate in the workup of syncope that is suspected to be secondary to a cardiac etiology. For example, many patients with sudden onset and offset of syncope who are elderly have episodes of ventricular tachycardia which presents with a wide complex tachycardia on ECG. This may be needed in this patient in the long run, but is not emergent management. Finally, a bullet summary. The initial management of a TIA involves a CT scan and a CT angiogram. That's all for this review about transient ischemic attack. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you considered leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast.